Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning again, everyone. Are you having fun today at One Life Church Candlelight Service, everybody? (laughs) Hey, before we continue, can we just put our hands together one more time for Jesus Christ and the birth of our Savior today? Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you're just joining us, my name is Rhett, and I have the honor of being the lead pastor here at One Life Church. And uh, we moved. Honestly, if if you're new to our church, you're probably thinking, man, where is he from? It sounds like he's from Idaho. We're not from any other place but the great state of Alabama, everybody. We have anybody in from Alabama in the house? Oh, man, you know, I get the question I get asked a lot is how in the world does an Alabama boy and a girl from Texas being my wife, how in the world do you guys end up in Idaho? And I'm going to say because God has highly favored us. I thought Alabama was great. I thought some other states were great, but there is no greater state than the state of Idaho. Can I get a good amen, somebody? (laughs) And so... I am just one blessed man because God chose me to get to be a part of this great state and uh, honored to be here. But my family and I, we moved here uh, three years ago, January of 2018. And if I can just tell you one thing, you know you're from the South when you up and decide to move across the country, especially to the North and through the Rocky Mountains in January. All right. We had no idea. We dodged like three snowstorms, blizzards. We barely made it through Salt Lake City. It was crazy. And that's a story for another day. But the reason I tell you that is because we moved here in January of 18 with a heart simply to love God, to love people and to plant or start a life giving church right here in the valley and to come alongside the incredible pastors, incredible churches that have already been here for so many years to simply love you and to serve you and your family. And and that's what we're hope is today is that we could just honestly serve you with the love of God that he's placed in our heart. And and when I was thinking about why we came, there were really three things that we wanted to create here at One Life Church in our services. And the first was, man, we honestly, we just wanted to create a place that was going to be fun. We wanted to create a place that was going to be life-giving. We wanted to create a place where there was a lot of joy. We wanted to create a place where there was a lot of laughter. Because can I just be honest for a moment, in the world, and especially in some Christian circles, there's a lot of disconnect between church and joy. And that's sad, and that's an issue. And so we, because it's an issue, we wanted to bring a solution to that, and we wanted to create a place that was going to be a lot of fun to be a part of. And some of you are thinking, well, Rhett, church isn't supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be serious. And I would agree with you unless the Bible taught otherwise. The Bible doesn't say you're supposed to be serious. In fact, Psalm 2.4, it's not on the screen, tells us that the one enthroned in heaven laughs. Like our God laughs. Our God has a good time. And I tell you what, I serve an incredible God who has a good time. And if he's going to have a good time, I don't know about you, but I want to have a good time too. And when I think about 2020 and I look around at all the things that have happened this year, I think if there's one thing that the world needs is a little bit more joy, it's a little bit more laughter. Can I get a good amen, somebody? (laughs) And so last year of 2019, I brought a Christmas message. I entitled it, God's Great Joy. And I talked about how 2020 could absolutely be the year of great joy for all of us. (laughs) Can I just be honest? It really turned out like this. Look at this picture right here. This is how 2020 turned out, right? 
Pastor, you want me to have joy, but oh my God, help me. Isn't that a beautiful snapshot of 2020 and all of humanity, everybody? They had joy sitting right in front of them, but they don't want anything to do with it. But instead of looking for joy, what we really ended up all looking for was Lionel Richie and a roll of toilet paper. Come on. Hello, isn't me you're looking for? I think that, come on guys, that is hilarious. If, if 2020 brought us anything, it honestly, it brought us the year of great memes, right? It really did. And I love memes. And I think I like this one. How about this one? This one's from Back to the Future. And I, I somehow, I've seen this movie a hundred times, but somehow I missed this scene where, you know, Doc was going, Marty, rule number one, never set it to 2020. I think that's funny. <laughs> But 2020 has been tough. It honestly has. But I don't think there's anything tougher than this four-letter word, Zoom, everybody. You see this picture right here? Some of you have been Zoom experts before 2020 hit. But for the rest of the world, I had no idea. I was looking like this Zoom meeting audio only for a while. But then I was like, oh, there's video. Great. I'm going to look like Bob Ross right here with his dog. You like that? I think that's Bob Ross's animal. Come on, man. You got to laugh a little bit in church. But when it comes to media, NBC, Fox, CNN, all the news channel, the new, the new one that came out, Newsmax, whatever it is, like we really don't know who to believe anymore when it comes to media, right? But there was one local news channel that honestly, I believe that got it right. When it came to COVID, a lot of people were talking about where did it come from? Did it come from China? Did it come from Bill Gates? Did it come from, you know, what are all the conspiracy theories out there? Well, this one local news channel got it right. They reported a group of teenagers found out that who's really behind COVID-19 is Zoom, everybody. It's Zoom. Oh, man. But the greatest gift I think that every parent can appreciate that happened in 2020 was when Oprah Winfrey came along and said, you get to homeschool and you get to homeschool. Everybody gets to homeschool. Come on, parents, where are you at? You can throw your hands together. Come on. I'm just trying to have a little bit of fun this morning, everybody. Okay. Okay. Listen, I know 2020 has been great. If we can't laugh at ourselves, who can we laugh at, right? Church should be enjoyable. It should be a place of joy. In fact, this is what the Christmas story is all about. In fact, this is what the Bible is all about. And this is what, honestly, our hope today as a church to create a place where you can experience some joy. And that's the first thing we wanted to create. I told you there were three things. The second thing that we wanted to do is we wanted to create a place where we can help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. In other words, we wanted to help create a clear path for your next step on your spiritual journey. Because the truth is, my friends, you are on a spiritual journey whether you recognize it or not, or whether you admit it or not, it doesn't change the fact that you and I, my friends, are on a spiritual journey. And we believe from cover to cover throughout the entire Bible that the spiritual journey that God wants to take you on are four things. The first one is he just to know God. God wants to know you, not religion, but God wants to know you personally. And did you know that you can know God personally too? And so we want to help you take a step and come into a relationship with God, not a church, not a religion, but a relationship with God. And we want you to know God. Secondly, we want to help you take a next step in your spiritual journey of finding freedom, finding freedom. What does that look like? It simply looks like settling your past, settling your yesterday. So you can see the significance of the future that God has for you. And we do that through small groups. 
because we believe that life change honestly happens in the context of relationships. And as you're on this spiritual journey of coming to know God and getting into relationship, then we really honestly want to see you on this third part of the journey, which is discovering your purpose. Listen, God created you on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose wasn't just to suck air, pay taxes and die. Can I get a better amen? God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And we want to help you on that journey of discovering your purpose. And we believe it starts with finding a local life-giving church to get planted into And fourthly, ultimately, the ultimate step in the entire spiritual journey is where your life then is making a difference. So we wanted to create a clear path for you to know God, for you to find freedom, for you to discover your purpose, and for you ultimately to make a difference with your life. And here's the third thing that we wanted to do when we were thinking about creating One Life Church is that we honestly wanted to create a place where you could experience the presence of God. Listen, we wanted to create a place where you could experience the hope and the love of God our Father. And our hope today, honestly, for this entire service is maybe in a song, maybe in a point of laughter, maybe in the message, maybe even in the candlelighting portion. You would just have a moment where you know that God is here. And listen, I'm 43 years old. I've been in ministry for over 27 years. Not all of those 27 years have been full-time ministry. A lot of that was when I was working in cells and in different areas, but I've always been serving God for about 27 years of my life. And I've seen a lot of dark days. I've seen a lot of dark moments in people's lives. I've seen a lot of dark moments in our world, but I don't think I've ever seen anything as dark as what we've seen here in 2020. Starting with COVID, COVID led to isolation. Isolation led to depression, led to anxiety. It's led to fear. Not only to mention the natural disasters that have happened on a record, record proportion across the world with hurricanes, with earthquakes. I remember the earthquake this year, like what gives, right? It was the only moment in time I was thinking about what did I do? Where did I move to, right? The earthquakes, the wildfires, the hurricanes, all of that. Not to top off that the racial divide that we've all experienced as a nation, the political mess, the uncivil rest, And the list can go on and on. And what I was thinking about when I was preparing this message is I was thinking about all this darkness that we've been living in in 2020. But then I was thinking about darkness. I thought of the opposite of that, which is which is light. And what I really came to remember is that the Christmas story is all about light coming into a dark world. It isn't just about a baby in a manger. It isn't just about shepherds, wise men. It's not just about camels, sheep and and a star. Right? No, no, no. It's more than that. The truth is the Christmas story is all about the light of the world coming into every area of our darkness. And here's the big idea of today. And this is the thought that I really want to come around. And that is, it's amazing what a little bit of light can do. Wouldn't you agree? Hey, children, I'm going to speak to you for a moment. Man, as a child, I remember going to sleep at night in the dark And can I be honest with you, kids? Sometimes the dark can be a little overwhelming. It can be a little disorienting, can't it? And so as a kid, I'll never forget asking my mom or my dad, will you please leave the what on? The light on. And so I learned to sleep with a nightlight on at night. Hey, kids, raise your hand. How many kids sleep with a nightlight? It's okay. Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Hey, kids, isn't it amazing what a little bit of light can do to bring a little bit of peace? in comfort, in the darkness. Okay, now parents, I want to talk to you. How many adults in the room are still sleeping with a nightlight? Where are you at? Come on. Confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation. 
right? It's okay. It's okay. Listen, I get it. I'm 43 years old. I still sleep with a nightlight from time to time. And it's not because I'm scared of the dark. It's because I'm 43 and I get up a lot at night, a lot more than I used to. And that's a whole completely other dark subject that we're not going to talk about today. Pray for your pastor. But it's amazing what a little bit of light can do. You know, as I was preparing for this message, and like I do for every single message, I really try to study every scripture that I possibly can around a subject. And what I noticed is when I started to study this topic around light in the darkness, it's actually an incredible major theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation. It's all throughout the Bible. In fact, it's such a big deal to God that the entire first verse of the entire Bible, and not only the first verse, but the very first words that God ever speaks that have been recorded in manuscripts are all about light in the darkness. Let's take a look at this. Genesis chapter one, verse one through three. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and it was empty. Now check this out. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now don't miss this. I want to slow down for a moment. God was motivated to do something about the darkness on the earth. And watch this. Look at the next line. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Check this out. God's first words. In fact, everybody say these words out loud that are highlighted in yellow. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Pastor Red, aren't you taking this thing a little bit too far? I mean, God was just, he was just talking about creating the sun, the moon, and the stars. I mean, come on, Pastor And I would agree with you, unless this common theme did not run throughout the entire Bible. In fact, 4,000 years later, Jesus himself, the Son of God, said this about his life. Look at this, John 12, 46. Jesus said, I have come as a, everybody say this word out loud, as a light to shine in this dark world. Why? So that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Well, what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, hey, I came to do something about the dark. I didn't come just so you could celebrate a holiday. I came to bring light into every area of your life that there's darkness. And so today, I want to share a verse with you that isn't typically a verse that many pastors would choose to use for a Christmas sermon. And in fact, when I read this verse, you're probably going to think, what in the world does this even have to do with Christmas. But if you'll hang with me, I'll show you that this verse has everything to do for the reason for the season that we celebrate called Christmas. Let's look at it. It's in John's gospel, chapter one, one through five. John says, in the beginning was the word. Now the word here, John always loved to call Jesus the word. So he's referring to Jesus when you see the word, word. It says, in the beginning was Jesus and the word was with God and the word was God and he was with God in the beginning. So what is John doing here? John is basically establishing the fact that Jesus was God. He was with God at the beginning of the creation account. Now it's in the next verse that I want to show you this Christmas story that you may have never seen before. It says in him was life and that life here it is. Don't miss this was the light of all mankind. It was the light for you, the light for me that shines in the darkness. In other words, every place where you're hurting, every place there's guilt, every place there's shame, God, Jesus Christ himself wants to shine a light and bring you freedom. And here's the good news. You ready for this? And the darkness has not overcome this light. Can I get a good amen, somebody? That's incredible good news. Some of you are just starting to catch it. 
Some of you are still here going, Pastor Rhett, that is not the Christmas story. I mean, where's all the details? Where's the shepherds, man? Where's the manger? Where's the star? Where's the, where's the three wise men or the kings of Orient are? Where's all that going? And I would say, listen, John's gospel may not talk about the details surrounding the birth of Christ. You'll find that in the gospel of Matthew and the gospel of Luke. But the one thing that you will find in John's gospel right here that we're reading is 100% the absolute significance of the Christmas story. And that is that Jesus came to bring light into our dark world. Jesus came to bring his light into places, my friends, that were hurting the most. And can we just be honest for a moment? I know a lot of us come in on Christmas time with a ho, 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 and woo, Merry Christmas, and joy, joy, joy. But the reality is a lot of us, if we're being gut honest, we're dealing with some darkness in our marriage. We're dealing with darkness in our finances. We're dealing with darkness in our emotions, with depression, with anxiety, with maybe fear and the unknown. We're dealing with, with darkness in every area of our life. And I want you to know you're among company here today. No one in this room is perfect. We all got things that we're dealing with. In fact, if you've been here for a while, I know you've heard me say this. I'm going to say it again. My friends, we all got some issues. I got issues. You got issues. All God's children got some issues. And if you don't think you got an issue, guess what? That is your issue. <laughs> it really is. But aren't you thankful that we have one we can go to who can help us with every issue, who wants to shine his light in every place where we're hurting? His name is Jesus. There's a beautiful story in John chapter 8. And for time, I'm not going to have a chance to read all of it. But I want to reference it where we see Jesus bringing light into a woman's darkest most shameful moment of her entire life. It's where there was a woman who was called in. A, now, I'm going to keep it kid-friendly this morning because I recognize there's kids in here, okay? But let's just say there was a woman who was caught doing something she shouldn't have been doing with someone she shouldn't have been doing it with. So what happens in this story is that the religious leaders caught this woman in the act. They bring her before Jesus. They lay her at, her, at his feet. And they say, Jesus, she was caught in the act. What are you going to do about it? The law says we should stone her. We should kill her. What are you going to do, Jesus? And they said this to try to trap Jesus. And Jesus, being the Son of God and the incredible, incredible Savior of the world, he makes this famous statement that even if you're not a Christian, you've probably heard. And he makes this statement. He says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And we read in a story, it says that one by one, the religious leaders and those who are bringing accusations against this woman who is obviously guilty for her sins, they walked away one by one. And Jesus looks down at the woman and he says, woman, where are your accusers? And the woman looks around and the woman says, there are none. And I love what Jesus said. It's so beautiful. Jesus said, neither do I accuse you. Now go, be free in sin, no more. Now, that's a beautiful story in and of itself right there. But, you know, as a pastor, most pastors typically in the story right there. That's up to verse 11. But did you know there's a verse 12? I was reading verse 12, and what I found in verse 12 is the true reason for Christmas. It's the reason for the season. And look at this. In this next verse, John chapter 8, verse 12, after Jesus set this woman free, didn't accuse her, John, Jesus said, he spoke again to the people. And look at this. Don't miss this. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. 
In other words, whoever follows me will be free of guilt. Whoever follows me will be free of shame. Whoever follows me will find freedom and fulfillment. Why? Look at the rest of the verse. Because you'll have the light of life. So what is Jesus saying? He said, hey, guys, what I did for the woman right here, I can do for you. The same light that she experienced in her darkness. I want you to experience the same thing. Some of you know you've been here for a while. You've heard my testimony. I'm just going to share just an abbreviated version as we close. And I was born and raised in the South and everybody in the South is Christians, man. I mean, they're not Christian, but they say they are. And so I grew up in this very religious culture and surrounding. And at three years old, my parents, they get a divorce. So I grew up in a broken family at seven years old. My dad has to tell me the horrible news that my mom committed suicide and took her own life from seven to 16 years old. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. I was hopeless. I was desperate. I was anxious. I was living in fear. I thought I had it all figured out as a teenager. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, hey, Mr. Rebellious, doing so many crazy and stupid things. But I was also a CEO Christian. Do you know what a CEO Christian is? It's a Christmas and Easter only. Some of you are like, oh, that's me. <laughs> it's when you'll go to church at Christmas or Easter because somebody, a friend or a family member invited you to go. And so that was the kind of church that I experienced was a lot of services like you're experiencing today. And I heard time after time after time after time, pastors telling me you need to experience the Christ in Christmas. You need to experience the significance of a savior who can bring fulfillment into your life. And you know what I did time after time after time of being in those services? I did absolutely nothing. There I was sitting in my darkness, sitting in my situation, being completely desperate in needing the hope of Jesus Christ, needing his light, needing his love, needing his grace, needing his mercy. And I did nothing. And I sat in my misery. And for 27 years in ministry, I've been a part of services like this where I've seen people come in and continue to do the same thing. An opportunity to experience the love and the light of God and Christ in Christmas. It wasn't until I was 16 years old that I decided that I was sick and tired. I was like, enough is enough. I've been trying to do this life on my own. Been living in rebellion, been living in sin. I was addicted to looking at images. I won't use the word because there's children in here, but you know what I'm saying, adults. I was addicted. I was, I was hurting. I was trying to find fulfillment in the flesh in other ways. And it led me deeper, deeper into a pain of guilt and shame. But it wasn't until I spoke the word Jesus permitted Christ, the Christ of Christmas in my heart and surrender to a moment. It was that easy. It's not difficult. Religion says do, but a relationship says it's done. Just receive. And at 16 years old, I came a heart to Christ and by simply letting the light of Christ, let me say it this way, letting the light of Christmas in my heart. And that's my hope for you today. That's our church's hope for you today. 
is that you just wouldn't celebrate a holiday, but you would experience Christmas. You wouldn't just read about a stable, but you would experience the significance of the Savior in your soul. And so here in a moment, we're going to get to see a glimpse of what the light of the world could look like. Because I want to remind us, I want to come back to this thought, isn't it amazing what a little bit of light can do? Here in a moment, the room's going to get dark. And something about darkness is that it can be overwhelming. It can be disorienting. And it can even be a little bit scary sometimes. But the amazing thing I want to draw your attention to is this candle right here. Do you know that this candle and this light that's lit right here has the potential to do absolutely nothing at all? But if I make the choice to receive and I make the choice, check this out, to give, it has the potential to light this entire room. But we have to make the choice. Will you bow your head and close your eyes all across this room? No one looking around. Listen, I don't know what you're going through here today, but I want you to know this. There is a light that is available to you today. There's a light for your depression. Ma'am, listen to me. There is a light for your anxiety. There is a light for your fear. Sir, that thing that you've been dealing with for so long, you've been struggling with, there is a light that brings you hope for that hopeless situation. And my prayer is today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, that you would come to know that you can do more than just celebrate a day, but that you could experience the significance of a Savior in your own soul. So if you're here today, listen, I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I promise. I'm not going to have you stand. All I would like to know, though, is if you're here today and you're like, you know what, Rep? I want to take a next step. I want to come into a relationship with God. I want to experience the light of Christmas in my own life. Some of you, you've made that decision, but for whatever reason, life and 2020 and just craziness and chaos has just driven you so far away from that light. It looks as dim as this candle that is lit right now on this stage. And if that's you, all you have to do is simply turn and come back today. And some of you are in this room and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You were like me. Every, every time you had an opportunity, you said no. You pushed it away. But today you're tired of being tired. You're ready to experience hope. You're ready to experience fulfillment that comes. It's a miracle. It's called salvation. And you don't have to do anything for it. You just simply need to receive. And if that's you today and you're like, I want to experience this light. Whoever you are, wherever you are, would you be so bold right now in this moment with every head bowed, every eye closed? Would you be so bold in this moment to raise your hand to let me know who you are? Say, I want to I want to experience the light of Christmas. God bless you, ma'am. I want to experience the light of Christmas. God bless you, sir. I want to experience the light of Christ. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. That is the single greatest decision of your entire life, whether you raise your hand or you didn't. But if you're here today and you want to say this prayer, could I encourage everybody to say this with me? Just say, Jesus, I give you permission to let your light shine. I receive your free gift of eternal life. I believe you died and rose again. I believe you paid for my sin. Forgive me. Change me. Come live on the inside of me. I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. I put my faith, I put my trust in you today. 
Say this, I give you my life. I give you everything. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life to help me make a difference in this world and my family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen to me. If you just made that decision, that is the greatest decision of your entire life. Congratulations. This is what we'd like to do. We'd like to help you with some next steps because there's always next steps to take. Just as I'm going to leave here today, this afternoon, and go to a restaurant to eat some lunch at hopefully a really nice Mexican restaurant. You know what I'm saying? I'm already talking about food. What am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to take some steps, right? I just can't expect a whoop, I'm there. No, it doesn't happen that way. Then you have to take steps. And the same is true when it comes to our spiritual journey. And there's some steps that we want to help you take. And the only way that I can help you is by sending you an email. And so if you'll be so kind to go to olc.church, if you made the decision or if you said that prayer today and would like to receive some next steps, if you'll go to our website right now on your smartphone or whatever device and you go to olc.church, click the button that says online connection card and let us know you made the decision. Because if you'll do that, we'll be able to send you an email. I'll personally send you an email congratulating you on your decision and giving you some next steps. All right. Awesome. Hey, One Life Church family, we had some people make decisions for Christ today. Can we put our hands together and celebrate? Amen.